Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete, 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 Pete DeMeo. Hello. And welcome back to 58 crazy. It is. We're getting well into our golden years. It's true. And my mama me shabokikyo. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm going to square you two off together today because it's... You're the only two in the room with me. Melissa's not here. Phil's not here. So it's going to be like the press conference for uh, Meriwether. Uh, oh, can I be McGregor? McGregor, Just yeah. because he has an awesome suit. And you want to yeah. drop a lot of F-bombs? Yeah. Did you watch that thing? It's amazing. Go go on YouTube and type in McGregor Mayweather if you haven't seen the press conference because it's it's The phenomenal. buzz about this, this, like I've never heard more about any anything in general in the history of things than I have about this fight. And yeah. I don't even care. They're doing like five press conferences beforehand, I, right? They're well, doing like London, LA, Isn't New the York, fight like so. not soon? It's in August, I think. Either way, okay. they yeah. need to be in the Big Brother household for a while. I think that would make it even better. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, it, it's amazing. We we are the MMA boxing podcast as you all know. So we <laughs> But I think we probably talked about that enough today. Yeah. No, this is a hotel marketing podcast and you, my friends, are here to listen about how to market hotels. And we had an amazing uh, letter we'll read out in a second that came in to us from one of our faithful listeners and he has just purchased a, a small property down in Mexico. And, you know, he's on a shoestring budget, as a lot of smaller properties, bed and breakfast, and just small unit properties are. And a lot of things we talk about on the show are more about, you know, how do you spend money to, to put heads in beds. And so today we thought we'd do a little show for the little guys out there. And we're going to talk about what are some things you can do when you don't have a big marketing budget. How can you get scrappy and figure out ways to create buzz or, or generate more business on your own without having to hire an agency or spend bakoodles of moolah so that's what we're going to talk about today but as always before we jump into that what is going on in the news pete well the first news item is on t news and it's entitled best seo practices for travel brands differ from other industries now this is based on a report and a little case study that search metrics put together recently and what they did was looked at basically the top 10 or roughly 10,000 most searched search terms in a broad aspect and then looked at you know another 6,000 travel specific search terms and did a little comparison contrast between the top ranking search sites on the travel related terms Mm -hmm. versus you know the broad in uh market overall so did they realize that the top 10,000 keywords all were porn related and then they had to get it down to travel specific I, I think that's what it was yeah definitely but it was really interesting either way uh first of all travel related sites had typically 38 percent more images on the site they took longer to load an average top search result took about 10 seconds to load the entire page versus about seven seconds for, you know, a general website, not in the travel space. And it also had a lot more content, 2,500 words of content per page versus about 1,600 as an, uh, you know, web average. And that's really interesting because it's a, you know, we always work so hard as on optimizing our sites, you know, you know, building a good presence from on Google's perspective. But it really does show that's important that when you're optimizing, 
you work with a company or even, you know, do the work in-house with a hotel-specific mindset. You know, optimizing for a hotel site is definitely different than optimizing for, you know, cars or, you know, household goods, whatever else it might be. I'm going to jump in here on the content side of it. I don't think that they broke this down into different types of travel websites. They did not. So when you're looking at something like 2,500 words is a lot of words for a page. Mm -hmm. When you're looking at things like load time typically being slower, I think that speaks more to the OTA and meta search sites versus an individual hotel site. So if you're a hotel site freaking out, oh, I don't have 2,000 plus words on my pages, you know, I think we need to put this in a little bit of context. You know, yes, your individual hotel site needs to be informational, but you're still going to need to have those images. And even though you have images, you're still going to need to have a pretty quick load time compared to a site like TripAdvisor, which is loading a ton more stuff. Very true. Yeah, and, and it's something that a lot of people don't pay attention to, but it's easy to, to take a look at, right? There's so many free tools out there to analyze your site speed. Just go to Google and type in site speed test, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll see Google's and a, a bunch of others. So We did a whole podcast on like free tools to <laughs> yeah, use. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was in there. So definitely take a look at your site speed. And, and oftentimes when you do have issues with speed, it, it's it's just you don't you haven't optimized the images. So before mm-hmm. you upload an image to your content management system, reduce it down to the appropriate size. Because if it's mm-hmm. only displaying on your screen at a maximum of 800 pixels wide, why upload a 4,000 pixel wide image that has a lot more bytes and bits and bobs than it needs to. So yeah, and you, you do want your website to be informational for people who are looking for specific information, but more times than not, especially when people are doing their research, the images are going to speak far more than people taking the time to read. So you need to balance what content you have on there as far as written words versus what you're presenting visually. Yeah. And the other, other thing is people get um, hoodwinked. I think there's a lot of folks out there that will say you have to have X number of words on your site. And it used to be like every page has to have at least 500 I words. I hate absolutes and, like yeah, that. And uh, now the big thing is, oh, someone did a study. I think it was Moz or Search Engine Land. One of the two did a study and it, it, it showed that the best ranking sites had 4,000 words on each page or on the pages that ranked. And, and people are drawing the wrong conclusions from that first you know is that correlation causation you could argue that but there isn't a a magic number of words that cracks the google algorithm right use the appropriate amount of words to describe and communicate the message that you need to communicate don't don't try to fluff it don't try to be too succinct but just write naturally in in with a personality for your audience and communicate what you need to and you're fine don't worry about the number of words it could be we have sites that rank number one for competitive keywords that have a hundred or fewer words on the home page because home page is the algorithm's different and how it looks at home page but then we've got sites that have thousands of words that don't rank so well so don't get caught up in these absolutes like misha said it's it's nonsense just do a good job at serving your consumer and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. If you answer the question that you're writing about, if it's about the property, if it's an article about things that do in your area, if you fully answer that question and kind of goes back to 10 X content that we've talked about countless times, once you've gotten to that point and you've answered everything needs to be answered, then you stop. You don't just keep making it go on and on and on. Yeah. You know, that's like pointless. this podcast and just drone on. It's about not going to relevant. Don't talk about bees and Mayweather and McGregor. Just, Talk about what you need to and then move on. Hotel marketing. Exactly. So speaking of which, let's move on to the next article. So I will preface my article with a little tale if we have a moment. So I've been thinking about getting, I didn't even let you 
say if we had time or not. I'm just going to talk. So I've been thinking about getting an Echo device for a while. And I just didn't want to pull the trigger because kind of expensive, kind of pricey. But then along comes Prime Day with their sneaky little deals. So I looked at a dot, decided to put it in my shopping cart, kind of let it sit around marinade for the day while I make the decision. Meanwhile, I'm on the interwebs doing my work and I'm getting retargeted shopping cart abandonment ads with the Echo in there, which kept reminding me, oh, it's in there, you know, just top of mind. So then I buy it. And then last night I set it up, get it all set up, it's charging. And then I go on Facebook and I get an ad about downloading skills. So kudos to Amazon for being like on top of their marketing. But anyway, so my article is about how Kayak um, now offers voice powered hotel bookings through Amazon Echo. So this is the first company that actually allows you to go through the complete booking process just through Echo. Before they did have a a free software that you could use with Echo that would allow you to ask questions to get you somewhat through the booking process, but then you would still have to go on another device to actually book that. So it wasn't the full funnel experience. Well, now that's not a problem. They've Um, revamp their technology, their software, so you can go through. They're pulling hotels from two of their partners, Booking.com and Priceline.com. So that's where that inventory is coming through. This article is on Skift, um, and I'll just kind of briefly go through some of the points that they mentioned in the article. They are not going to be looking at booking flights anytime soon. I don't think that's a huge surprise. That's a totally, completely separate you know, industry and it's not where their primary revenue comes from. Um, So flights aren't really on the radar for them right now. There is a little bit of friction that still remains from a payment perspective. So you can't pay through Amazon. You have to have a kayak account and be logged in through kayak. Um, So that is a little bit of friction that they still need to work out. And just thinking about this. And as I was reading the article, I thought this too, this is still not a great option for people who are they call them obsessives in the article but people who are you know perhaps planning a one-time vacation for to a destination or people who are really price conscious this is a better option for let's say a business traveler who's going to a city they just need to make a quick hotel booking so it's definitely a convenient option but it doesn't have some of the capabilities that you might see on a desktop to where you have a buffet of options and you can look at it all and scroll through. I mean, this is a a great option for somebody who needs a hotel on the fly without having to make all those other decisions. So I thought this was just an interesting step in the right direction. Do I think hotels need to go all in on voice search? Not right now, but it's definitely on the radar and it's happening. It's coming. And what we're seeing here is the very early adopters. We're seeing really it's like the first websites, the first apps, everything else is trying to figure out how voice search and how these home assistants are really going to play a role in the travel space. You know, will kayaks one be the end all solution? Probably not. But as people adopt it, as it starts getting used and it becomes commonplace, you're going to see it get better and better and better. I mean, I think kayaks big problem, which I think a lot of hotels have, especially independents is how do you get people to have that frictionless payment system without some type of membership or account or something already built in? Yeah, and I think Amazon's going to solve the transaction piece mm-hmm. at some point. But right now, you're right. So so right now, I have to go and install the skill, right, first, which I have to do through my, my phone. Then I have to go to Kayak and create an account and put in my credit card information there mm-hmm. so it knows my payment method. 
and then I can use it, right? Which so, is the opposite of I need a quick hotel room. You're not right. going to go through all those steps, right? So, but but they're getting a lot of buzz. People are going to try it. Is this going to change the way that everyone books their hotels this year? Absolutely no. not, right? Um, you look at something that's a lot more of a frequent buy, like pizza, for example, right? Pizza Hut, Papa John's. These guys have already had this functionality for ordering pizza, which is something you do a lot more frequently, mm-hmm. and it hasn't taken off. And, and you're not should, really right? price comparing pizza. Right. You know what it's I mean? It's just like, Papa John's get me the same pizza yeah. I get every time, right? But see, I do. When I'm ordering a pizza, I always look at the coupons, and I get yeah, but what that coupon you're is. You're a bit weird. You keep bees. But you're, so. but you're not comparing, like, Papa John's versus Domino's deals, are you? No, I don't Google which okay. one's But you'll, you'll say, yeah. hey... I, I use the Pizza Hut app, right? And I'll look, I'll click on the deals. Oh, you have and, terrible and pizza taste. No, dude. They're thin and crispy. Oh. Salted pretzel crust mm. is the bomb. I don't know. Dom- yes. Team Domino's. No, try the salted pretzel thin and crispy. It's so good. Uh, I'll try it if you buy it. Okay. I'll bring some into the office. I'll, you I'll heard, order you it, heard it everyone. Like, so. All right. So I think we digressed. <laughs> and then somehow I ended up buying a pizza <laughs> yes. for everyone. All right. But anyway, it hasn't taken off a pizza, and that's something you're going to do frequently. I, I don't think this is going to replace it yet, but but it's something that is in its infancy, like Pete said, and it's going to grow. Is it going to be the majority of the market share? Probably not soon. But you know what? Things that are happening mean that it's going to ultimately erode some of the market share, and people that do want to shop that way are going to shop with the people who are providing that kind of service. As an individual property don't worry about this right now. Focus on your fundamentals. Do the stuff that we're going to talk about in a minute right. Don't worry about investing in bots and AI and AR in in voice search. That That's not something that you can impact right now. you got to let the ecosystem fall where it does and in, in find its equilibrium, and then you can take advantage of it. This is not a chance for arbitrage for an individual hotel. When, when you can adopt early like an advertising platform like social media with Facebook, with Instagram right now where it's really cost effective to spend money on advertising, that's something you jump in early on. This is not something you need to be in on right now, but it's something you need to pay attention to because it could change the way eventually how consumers get access to your inventory and purchase your inventory. So it, it's interesting, but I don't think it, it's a big deal quite yet. Well, in the meantime, go buy a smart device because they're kind of fun to play with. You heard it here yeah. first. And some of the skills are awesome. My kids love <laughs> playing the games on. We, we've got a couple of, of Amazon Echo devices in our house. We've got a Dot and, and an Echo. And they're always, you know, I play music on it. I set timers and ask questions, things like that, weather news. Um but they, they've started playing games. There's so many fun games on there. Like, like for me, it's going to come in handy so much when I'm cooking because I have to stop mm-hmm. what I'm doing and yep. look up conversions and stuff. So. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's where I use it the most. Our main echo is in, in the kitchen, and yeah. I use it for cooking, for setting timers, for measurements, stuff like that. But, but I really think that Amazon Look and the Amazon Show are going to have a big impact. Like having a screen is, is going to be a big deal. I was looking during Prime Day. They weren't on sale. I was really pissed. What and, weren't? Um, the show and the look. Oh. The ones with screens. Because I really wanted, um, and I get confused on which is which, the one with the biggest screen that you can see results for. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to have a bigger in, impact mm-hmm. on travel because you're going to have to see the hotel and locations. Oh, yeah. and well, it's like a voice-powered tablet. Like, yeah, exactly. So, but it's it, it's 229, right? And the Echo is 179. And it, but if it you was buy like, two of them... 
you get a better deal. You can get a better deal, but on on Prime Day, the the Echo was like fifty percent off. Oh yeah, yeah. But the, the, oh the Echo was like the full size one was like, like almost a hundred dollars off. I think yeah, it was, it was nine, nine bucks. bucks. So uh, you know, it, I, that comes I guarantee like the holidays they're gonna do some hot sales on those. Probably so, but they always run out of stock around Christmas. It's, it's hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's amazing, and we've talked about this a lot on this show. You know, Google probably has a better product in a lot of ways from an answering questions perspective, but Amazon just has the distribution right now and the the marketing power to push it. So if you look at the sales, Amazon is crushing it. I don't even think oh, yeah. you know Google's a, a blip on the radar right now. Oh so. no, pretty cool. All right, is that it for the news? Let's that jump. is. Yep. Did we get a letter? I just got, got a letter. letter. We, we just got, got a letter. letter. We, we just, just got, got a letter. letter. I wonder who, who it's, it's from. from. Boom. Very impressive. I'm so glad you picked up on that. The blues clues yeah. is awesome. All right, Steve. Mail Let's time. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the letter. <laughs> this letter is from Chris Slamp. And you said he has a property in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Guadalajara, maybe, if I'm saying that right. Okay. He goes, hi, guys. I absolutely love your podcast and listen to it religiously. I recently bought a small seven-bedroom boutique hotel. Currently, 60% of my bookings are direct, and average occupancy is roughly 75 to 80%. I'd love to be able to get my direct bookings up to 70 and occupancy up to 85% within the next 12 months. However... Being a small hotel, my marketing budget is fairly limited. If I were to spend approximately 2,600 pesos, he said $150, but that's at 2,600 pesos. You did the conversion? I just did the conversion. Did you yeah. do that in your head or did you use Alexa to do I the conversion? I used the Google. Yeah, the <laughs> so, Google. Yeah, so the Google told me he has about 2,600 pesos to spend per month, and how would we suggest he spend that money? Wow. I mean, that that is a, a predicament a lot of people are in, and it's a small budget. Yeah. Honestly, Fuel as an agency, and I don't know if everyone listening knows what we do, you know, in our regular day jobs, but we we provide marketing services for hotels. But typically, they're not six and seven bedroom hotels. We have a couple on our roster that are high end properties like that, but most of them are, are in the thousands of dollars a month budgets, right? So we're talking about a very, very relatively small budget, especially in a competitive destination where there's probably a lot of bigger properties spending a lot more money than you are so how does one compete with that so i think it's important and we'll kind of break this down into categories and we're going to go through about 30 or so different things that you can kind of try but starting out i think it's important to understand that you have to market right you have to somehow try to put the energy whether that's time whether that's finding resources to put in the time whether that's spending the appropriate amount of money you've got to you got to spend some energy on marketing if you don't then you can't expect anything to change, right? And and it will probably as competitive as the competition increases, as the the markets shift, if you do nothing, you're probably gonna end up in a worse situation. So even if you take over a property that wasn't doing any marketing, you can't expect to maintain the t- same kind of market share you were. And consider that if you are reliant 60, 70% on or 80% on OTAs, you're essentially spending a lot more marketing than you realize because that 25, 30% that you're giving to the OTAs is essentially a marketing mm-hmm. dollar, you know? So every penny you spend on commissions to OTAs, think about that as that's your current marketing budget. Yep. So right now it looks like he's spending 40%, 40% of his bookings are coming from OTAs. Right. The good thing is, is with a seven 
bedroom property to improve the, that those conversion rates and improve your occupancy, we're literally talking about you know getting one more person to that property, right. filling one more room night, and that's actually an advantage over the big guys who have to fill a ton of rooms. You just have to make sure your marketing is dead on, right. and you're getting that one additional person per night to completely change your bottom line. Right. Think about it this way, right? If you're 40% reliant on OTAs in, in just hypothetically 25% of what you make on OTAs is going to commission, right? Then that equates to 10% of your overall revenue is going to commission. What's that in pesos? I don't know. But my point being, now you're saying that any, any money I make, 10% of that is my marketing budget because that's what I'm paying on commission mm -hmm. for, for everyone that comes to stay with me, not just the people coming from OTAs. Yeah. Right, so that, that's, the, that's the way you have to look at it. So your goal is to say, if I'm spending 10%, can I get better return on that 10% than a, a 4 to 1, which is what I'm getting from the OTAs right now? So that, that's kind of how we're prefacing it. So, so first up, let's talk about putting the appropriate amount of resources. Like your small property, you're probably going to have to bite the bullet and become some form of marketer. And I understand your time is strapped, right? Absolutely focus on your property first. The guest experience, we'll talk about that later, is, is critical. So you've got to make sure that the rooms are clean and the toilets are unclogged. Absolutely. That's your day job. You know what? When you go home at night or when you have a spare five minutes in a day, you're going to have to become a marketer. And the great thing is there has never been a better time in the history of humanity to learn how to do something you don't currently know how to do because we have this magical thing called the internet. So you have to get scrappy. You have to learn how to do this stuff. And there are some phenomenal resources out there to help you do it. So one of the sites that we actually have a subscription to here is lynda.com. I could be wrong, but I want to say they got bought out by LinkedIn. I don't know if anybody in the room can verify that. But anyway, they're a great resource online. Another one that I personally use a lot is called Skillshare. They have, it's really affordable monthly options or you can do a free option. The paid option just gives you more access to more resources. I want to say it's maybe 10 bucks a month if you want to pay for it or you can pay for the year as a discount. And if you are interested in a certain area of marketing, there are a lot of great resources as well. So moz.com is great for learning about overall marketing, but also search engine optimization specific topics. Yeah, if you want to figure out what to do on your website to, to help it rank higher, go just go through the beginner's guide to SEO on Mars.com. It's, it's great, right? It gives you a great foundation and teaches you the basic block and tackle stuff that is going to take you from where you are to just a little bit better, right? Without having to go oh, yeah. spend a bunch of money on, a, on an agency. I cannot recommend the Moz content enough. Like they mm -hmm. have positioned themselves as the industry expert because their content is so good. Yeah, so go find some of those sites and subscribe to their blogs mm -hmm. or if they do podcasts, stuff like that, listen Or listen like to Search those. Engine Journal, Marketing Land, PPC Hero. There's tons out there. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, typically we're, when we read the news at the beginning of the podcast, we're looking at T News and a lot of other hotel-centric Which is 30,000-foot view kind right. of sure. stuff. That but doesn't find those for your specific yeah. you know, property and, and for your niche. You know, and for what your you're location. trying to learn, right? Yeah. And there's also... This, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. There's this magical site on the internet, right? That whatever question you have, not only has someone figured out the answer, but they've gone to the trouble of writing down the information to answer that question and probably created a video 
or a step-by-step how-to what? guide on witchcraft like are you SG. talking about? All right, so you're going to need a pen to write this down. Okay, so everyone go grab a pen, but it's G-O-O-G-L-E.com. So google.com is this magical site where you can literally type in how do I set up a paid campaign in AdWords or how do I create a Facebook advertising campaign? And you know what? It, there, there are so many resources out there that teach you how to do it. Can it, I tell you a secret, Stuart? Yeah. I don't actually know how to do my job. I just Google stuff every day and figure it out. <laughs> I, I would tell you off, but that's exactly how I get by as well. <laughs> yeah. So I there think, you go. Here's think, our secret. We yeah, Google everything. The whole world is like that. And it's, you know, especially in the agency world, there's a lot of people I know in the agency world who will sell a product or a service that they've never done before and they'll go figure it out once they've sold mm-hmm. it, you know? So Google, Google is phenomenal, you know, and, and it's the, really the only resource you need to figure out the solution to just about any problem. And, and a lot of times I'll end up going to YouTube to figure out step-by-step guides because someone mm-hmm. will show me this share screen and, and do it. There's a lady out there that literally had never done any kind of home improvement before built an entire house, built her whole, whole home, from YouTube videos. Plot twist, it was a 3D printer. (laughs) (laughs) But at the end of the day, if you are trying to market your hotel, you have two resources. You have time and you have money. Right now, Chris doesn't have a ton of money to put toward it, so it's going to have to be rolling up your sleeves and putting in that split equity to turn your marketing around. Yeah, and so another thing you can do to save time is while you're going busily about cleaning your hotel or doing the stuff, you can listen and consume information as well. There's a really great, amazing podcast out there called the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. And I cannot recommend that enough because it is jam-packed full of helpful hints and marketing advice. So hey, just, I know a few of the guys that are on that show. Yeah, yeah it's part of a daily breakfast. It's, it's, it's helpful. <laughs> so you definitely it. should listen to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. But there's a ton of podcasts out there. So if you don't have time to sit down in front of a computer and learn stuff... Go find some and subscribe to other podcasts. Just make sure as stays in your subscription list as well. But then what if you don't have enough time on your own, right? Maybe you, you are too swamped with family and work and stuff. There are other ways to get more resources, right? So one of which we, we leverage here, which is getting interns. Interns can be very, very cost effective. You know, if, if there's a local uh, educational establishment, a college, high schools, whatever, you can often get very cheap if not free skilled labor right because it can go towards course credit and things like that so kids today and i say kids because i'm old right but 18 19 20 21 year olds that are coming that are in school or in college they already know how to use social media and and they know how to use google to figure stuff out these are the scrappiest people that have ever been alive they know how to figure stuff out without being taught so you can take an intern and ask them to go and accomplish something, whether that's editing your website, whether that's setting up an AdWords campaign, whether that's managing your social media, and you can do it at a really, really cost-effective rate. Yeah, I agree with that. I think just the one caveat would be be sure to vet your process pretty well to make sure you're getting somebody that's going to be pretty well-trained who can easily pick up on things, you know, given your time restrictions, especially if you're a small property, you're kind of doing everything. You're not going to have time to, to hold that student's hand. So definitely look for somebody who's a self-starter who picks up on stuff and who's passionate about the hospitality industry. There's tons of 
colleges out there that have hospitality specific programs. So finding somebody that's already interested in that space is definitely the way to go. Yeah. And especially if they've already done a different internship with an agency or something like that, they've already got some skills you can leverage that that's even better, but interview them just like you would any other employee. Make sure you're, you're vetting them like Misha said, but you could get, you don't have to limit it. You could get two or three interns and have a little machine go in there, marketing machine go in there. So that's one. And then if, if you don't want to look outside, you don't have time, maybe you have some staff members that are passionate about the staff and have a skill with it. We've got a lot of folks that we've worked with in the past that maybe have people that work in different areas of the, the property, front desk or housekeeping, whatever, that have certain passions and, and maybe a skill to write that can contribute to your content on your website. Maybe you can have someone at the front desk that pops out to the pool deck once or twice a day and shoot some live video. You know, there's a lot of ways you can get creative and add on to existing resources, responsibilities to, to just incrementally add to your marketing initiatives. You know, what one of the sayings, I'm sure this is not specific to restaurants, but when I was working in the restaurant industry, one of our manager's favorite sayings was, you got time to lean, you got time to clean, right? So if you do find yourself with downtime at the front desk, for example, between check-in and check-out, have those employees, like Stuart said, pop out to the pool deck, take some pictures, do some live videos. I think there is definitely time that you're resources have mm-hmm. that could be used in other areas yeah, and that's i mean that's how we found misha right and why you got a job here was because she was she was waiting tables at a restaurant but she was also helping them with their marketing you know she was she'd taken the initiative and shown an interest and was doing that in this in in spare time being paid by the property so th- th- this is definitely a good way to go because you can find people that are very knowledgeable about your property passionate about your property they're loyal to your property they're going to be more authentic, especially on social media, than any agency ever can. Mm-hmm. So I, I would definitely encourage you to, to look around your staff. And, and don't try to put a, a, a round peg in a square hole. Or is it a square peg in a round hole? I never, I'm not sure. Don't put the wrong shaped peg in the wrong shaped <laughs> hole. That's what she said. <laughs> All right. Sorry. But, you know, find it where it fits, you know. Engage with your, your staff. Find out what they're passionate about. And, and that, that's a good way to look. I think another point that we need to hit on quickly is consider reinvesting a portion of the savings from your OTA commissions back into incentives for people to book direct or towards a loyalty program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you can give people extra value. So maybe if they book direct, they're going to get free breakfast. Maybe it's not free if they're booking through the OTAs. You know, what does that really cost you in in real money to give them a free breakfast? Or maybe it's people that uh, they get a discount card. So if they book direct, they're going to get 10% off the restaurant or at, off the, at the bar if they book direct, right? That's going to not only give them value and a reason to book direct, but it's also going to drive them to your own property establishments and get them to spend more money with you as well. Yep. Yes, I mean, really what you have to start doing is everything we're saying here is really beginning to build your own assets and start basically building your own marketing department within your hotel where you can handle everything. Yeah, so that, that brings us to the next section, right? So building owned assets. So we're talking about investing time. So the first pillar of marketing is is having owned assets, right? So we, we talk about from an, a marketing perspective or an advertising perspective, I should say, you have owned, earned, and paid media, right? So when we're talking about owned assets, we're talking about things that you control, that you own, that you can leverage to, to your benefit, right? So First of which is, and the core really of any hotel is the website. You've got to have a mobile first kick-ass website and booking engine. That, that is essential in today's day and age. And 
you don't have to go spend thousands of dollars to build a website. There are so many platforms out there that let you do create a great website on your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have time and you do have the money, go find a professional because there is a, a difference and, and you will get a benefit from that. But if you don't have the time and the money, go to a Squarespace, go to a Wix.com, go to a Weebly, or, or if you're a little more technical, go to a WordPress because it's a phenomenal platform that gives you so much flexibility. And so many people have put in the effort to create themes and looks and feels specifically for hotels that you can go spend 60 bucks to buy a theme built for hotels and have a functional website within a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. I do think WordPress is a little bit more tech savvy than some of the other ones, but I think it's worth the time investment of learning how to use WordPress because it is so user-friendly once you understand how it functions. And I do think that having the hotel-specific themes, the hotel-specific design is worth that extra investment. Yeah. Yeah. In, or some of the other ones have hotel stuff as well. So, so don't, you know, I definitely recommend WordPress over the others. But if, if you're intimidated by technology, the learning curve is steeper and it is going to take you longer to get it deployed. So I think if you're looking for rap, getting rapid to market, then go with a Wix or a Weebly or, or Squarespace because that's click, click, boom, right? You're mm-hmm. done. So definitely go that way if you're not technically inclined. If you like a challenge, if you're into technical stuff, then go with a WordPress. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if Chris has a website yet for his property. But start this immediately, get it going, because the most important thing for a hotel website is to have accurate information, an easy way to book, and an easy way to contact the property. Once you get those things put in place, then you can start building on it, start adding content. Make sure whatever site you have, you can easily update, add articles, add a blog section, whatever you want to do. But get it going and get it going now because everything we're about to talk about is going to eventually drive the person back to the website. Not to be dramatic, but if you, in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you might as well not exist. That's true. Yeah, especially in travel, for sure. So, So next up, you've got a website, right? You've got to kind of get attention to it. The one that I don't see everyone doing and it's a no brainer and it costs no money is claiming your Google local or Google places. Listings. You need mm-hmm. to do this if for no other reason than if you don't, somebody else can and will for you, and it's going to bite you in the butt later. Yeah, because we've so seen that happen. We've had to deal with other people claiming, you know, properties that aren't theirs, their listings. A lot of times, it's a owner at a condo unit claiming the entire resort. We've seen yeah. that happen before. But the thing is, go ahead and get that done. Yeah, and don't, you know, for a small property, don't just stop at Google. Look at any place you have your local listings and making sure you're claiming those and just basically staking your claim that this is me yeah. to it, use in the future. It's so hard to get Google to unverify and then re-verify. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, might as well be impossible. Yeah, so verify, but then optimize it, right? And yeah. every everywhere that you have a profile online, go and make sure that it has the best photography, the best written content, the best reviews it can. And, and just and and consistency in the address and the phone number that that's really critical mm-hmm. as well. Think about how people navigate to, today, how they find stuff. It, again, it's search engines, right? And when you're especially on a mobile phone, the big dominant thing on the search engines results page is that local listing. So you got to make sure that your website is the right URL, that your phone number is the right phone number, that your address and directions are exactly right. Because if you don't, you're going to miss out on business. Yep. And, and that's just, not just in the hotel industry. That's any business. And this is the one area where everybody's on an equal playing field. The big hotels to the small mom and pops, you have the same tool set to manage that local profile. So you want to make sure you're doing the best of that possible because that's really where you can compete head to head. 
and you can you know beat the big guys. All right. So next up is to me, this is the most important form of marketing you can do in terms of driving awareness if it's done correctly. And that's email marketing. And it does not have to be expensive, especially if you are a small property, you got seven rooms, you probably don't have a huge database. So there is so there's software out there that is best in class that you can get absolutely free. So things like MailChimp, right? If you if you have fewer than 12,000 subscribers, which I'm guessing you do if you're only seven units, and you're, oh no, fewer than 2,000 subscribers, and you're sending fewer than 12,000 total emails a month, which you probably are at this point, it's free. And even if you go over that, it's only like 10 bucks a month until you get to about big scale, right? It is the best investment you can make. Right? Nobody should ever check into your property and check out without you getting their email address because that Absolutely. is the... You have a captive audience. That's who's going to be coming back to your property the next year. So start there. And then from there, everywhere on your site, everywhere you are, make sure you're giving people the opportunity to give them your, their information. Yeah, your, your desktop website should absolutely have a first-time visitor pop up that tries to collect emails because it's going to get a, a decent, not a mobile because you might get penalized, but like Pete said, collect every email address you can. Mm -hmm. And then not only communicate with them about, hey, here's another sale, here's another sale, here's another sale, but communicate with them about the relationship. Ask them how the stay was. Ask them to share their experience. You know, give send you photos or quotes on what memories they created at your property. Because you know what? Then that's more owned assets that you have that you can then take and put out onto your website mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, email is money. You want to make sure you're collecting as many email addresses because that is actually what drives, you know, room nights at the end of the end of the day all right so next up content Con content is what is going to drive your visibility online right the better more qualified content you have online the more you're going to rank on search for a variety of keywords and the more people are going to find you findability is important when you're a small property in a, in a competitive destination yeah and this doesn't have to be overwhelming i think some people especially if they're not writers let's say or marketers they get intimidated about the thought of having to oh, i gotta create all this website content you can start small so pete actually did an entire presentation on this content we did or, an episode of the podcast on it, yeah so. we did that and he has we can link to it too but just an example of one way to get started is to think about every question that has ever been asked about your property. Start there and then answer every question, whether it's something that you think, oh, like eh, one person asked this, it's not a big deal. Start there, write down all the questions and start, you know, you don't have to have a list of 50, just start with a list of five and write those questions down, write down detailed, helpful answers and publish those and continue adding to the list. You know, that's clearly people want that information. So have it out there. People should never have to leave your website to find out something about your property yeah, the rule is typically like a, a 10 to 1 for every one person who asks a question there's probably 10 people that have that question or more that don't ask it so if you're just going answering those and it could be as simple as an faq section where you write down the question then you have a little paragraph answer start there if you feel that there's you know creative juices start to flow and you want to write a whole article about that one item, that's great. But go ahead and start the process. Yeah, and the questions don't have to necessarily be limited to about your property, right? They could be questions about your destination in general, like how to get there or, or what events oh, yeah. are going on or what the attractions are. So if people are asking them to you at your property, they're probably asking them in general to other properties and on the internet to this magical site called Google, right? So 
that's the reason you want to write the answers. Not only is it going to help the people that come to your website make a decision to book with you, but it's also going to help you find other people that are typing in that same question into the search engine as and, well. You know, that secret website, Google, that you had talked about for all the answers, most people know about that and they have already searched that question before they asked you. What that means is they couldn't find an answer that worked. From a search perspective, there is a hole in the search engines that is not effectively answering that question. You can fill that hole, and if you do, those hotel guests are going to get their way to your property. So you don't have to answer all the questions today, right? So if, if that's intimidating to you, do one a week or one every couple of days until you've kind of exhausted your list. But you've got to start. you just got to do it. Start now by just writing down the list and then pick one. And by the end of the day tomorrow, have the answer written and have it published on your yeah. website. And then for other sections of your website, you know, yes, being narrative and st telling a story, that's important and great. But just start with the basics, right? So your amenities, just cover the basics. For your rooms, cover the basics. Give the, at least the bare minimum information about the size of the room, the number of beds. Like that's important. And then you can build upon it from there. But at least make sure you have the essentials on those important key pages right and and one of the other tricks with content is asking your existing customers why they picked you what it was that stood out and then make sure you're emphasizing that in your content throughout your website as well mm -hmm. you also you can tap into the local market as well you know one thing that's really kind of a cool idea Stuart. i think this is this is your idea is getting the local community to you know share photos to have a photo contest in your market where photographers can come in take pictures and whoever wins gets you know, a free weekend stay or something along those lines. Yeah, so most destinations are going to have, you know, an active group of photographers, right, that, that are either professional or amateur photographers. So reach out to them, just email them, call them, whatever, and try to get a lot of them to, to just come and take a few shots. It could be students. Again, students are going to jump at this chance. So if you have a local educational establishment that has a photography group, reach out to them and, and offer that contest to them to come take some photos. We're going to pick the best ones. The best ones are going to win t-shirts or the, the very winner is going to win a free stay. It's a great cost-effective way to generate a lot of good quality photos without spending the thousands of dollars that it would cost to, to get a professional. If you can afford to get a professional, 100% invest in that mm -hmm. because it, it is worth every penny. But if you're on a shoestring budget like this, then this is a viable option as well. Yeah, and the last recommendation we had for, you know, just building your own assets would be to just on a minimum build a list of some local and regional media outlets, whether it be the news station in your area, whomever it might be, and then send them press releases on a regular basis. And a regular basis for you could be quarterly, you know, but whether you've got, you know, a new, if you've got seven rooms, you built out three more rooms, you know, you expanded your property or you opened a new pool or something that might be newsworthy or you had, um, you know, you did a program where you had a guest blogger come stay and you've reached out to them, but just, you know, utilize your local media outlets as much as possible. And that could, again, doesn't have to be huge scale. Right. That, that's great for a couple of reasons. One, it can generate a lot of inbound links to you, which is, is going to ultimately help you from an SEO perspective. But the other thing is local awareness is going to drive more tourism because when you are well known in the local area, when they have friends and family come to visit, they're going to be more likely to say you should check out this property as well. So you want to engage with the local community in general. So that kind of leads us to our next section of things that you can do. So local community engagement. So number one, 
And th- this is win-win, right? Because I-, I think it helps the people and it helps you. So engage with local artists and go find people that are creating these beautiful works of art and tell them that you will display them for free in your hotel. And, let, and then you will handle the transaction for them. So you, you will allow your guests to purchase the artwork and then you will compensate the artist for that, right? So it's a little bit of a logistical headache, but that is very much worth it. Because one, now you've got a bunch of free artwork that creates an awesome vibe, local, really cool vibe in your property. But now two, you've engaged that the artists in the community who now are aware of you and they're happy with you because they're selling their artwork through you as well. So, Yeah, I mean, and, and that's not just you know, art groups, you know, making your property a hub of your local community. You know, so if you have a, a runner's group, let's say in your area, let them meet at the property for free. If you have the space, bringing those people in who are local to the community and really making your property something more than just a hotel that brings outsiders in is really going to help because what we said earlier, those are the people a lot of times that people are coming to see and they need a place to stay. Especially if it's a group that is going to be relevant to a large percentage of your visitor, right? So if, if it's a running group or if it's a yoga group, there's a lot of people that are going to come stay with you that would be interested in joining that group temporarily. So if you publicize that the local running group or the local yoga club meets at your property and and goes for a run or does a yoga class every Wednesday at 2 p.m., that's a draw for your property. That's another reason someone might want to book with you versus your competition. Here's a perfect example of that is we have a client uh, up in New York who is really at the hub of several different uh, bicycle trails, you know, long distance, you know, multi-hundred mile trails. And we wrote an article for them, put it on the site that here's a guide to bicycle trails in the area. And you know, it wasn't a blockbuster article. It was you know well written. You know, it was it was great. Had a lot of information. But immediately they started getting a couple bookings and a couple people referencing that article. Hey, I'm going to be in town. You know, read about your property. Can we store your bikes there? Mm-hmm. You know, so immediately they latched on to there was this little niche you know in the community that wasn't being served. They created a local hub for it. And you know, now they're seeing the rewards. Right. And think about your demographic, right? So if you skew older, for example, that club could be a bridge club, you know, because that, that's something that they might want to do. But if you're more outdoorsy, like biking and stuff like that. So just, just think about what's, what's appropriate for your property. Don't, you know, don't get the local heavy metal enthusiast club in if, if you have a lot of older people coming to visit your property. So just make sure they're in line. Well, if you are like me and running is great and all, but you really prefer food or having an experience like that, a really cool idea to not only engage the guests on your property, but also the local surroundings would be to host different competitions between local restaurants. So you bring in two chefs, they could do maybe like a chopped thing or an iron chef Mm -hmm. thing, or they each create an entree and people vote on their favorite, just something fun like that. You know, again, not only engaging a local community provides value to your guests and it's going to probably bring in people that otherwise would have normally not come to your property yeah and if if you do this right there's probably not really any expense for you other than having it there because the restaurants are going to foot the bill for their time and their their food and but it's just a great spectacle and awareness for your property so i like that one a lot Mm -hmm. yeah then going beyond there working with you know local charities you know 
creating events around the holidays. You know, so if you want to create a magical Christmas for a family in need, work with charities, collect, you know, donations, you know, make someone's life better. Not only are you helping the community, you are getting a lot of great press from that local media list Mm -hmm. that you built. And you're kind of able to have everything work together where you have the local artist, you know, raising money as part of your art show to support the community to help the families in need and do all this kind of stuff together. So you're not necessarily just diving in on one thing. You're just kind of becoming a good solid part of the community. Yeah. I think that's great. And then another, another one, and I heard this one specifically, it was a, t- a cab driver and I forget what city it was like a small t- city where he'd done this, but this cab driver was really smart. He created a locals guide, little pamphlet, right? And it just had like an insider's guide to everything you needed to really know about what was happening, especially on the nightlife side in the area and then he went around and gave that pamphlet or that little booklet to all the places that he featured in it so the restaurants the nightclubs and stuff like that and so it was a good amenity for those those places and they displayed it free of charge obviously but everywhere throughout that had his phone number you know it's like if you're at this place and you need a cab call me now this is pre-uber so i don't know how his business is doing now but the, the utility of that was amazing and it got him not only ingratiated with the local community but gave him a lot of exposure as well so you could do the same thing as a hotel right go feature all the local restaurants and bars and all, all the nightlife and in attractions and do it in a, in a way that's a little bit unique you know it's not like the chamber of commerce it's something that has a, a little tongue-in-cheek kind of personality um, or a little cool vibe, maybe partner with some of these other places to offset the cost of printing and then go distribute it everywhere, but heavily feature your property inside that as well. And this could also be, I mean, having a printed asset's fantastic, but this could also be provided on your website for free, or you could use it as a lead generation tool on your website and require an email address for people to download this. So there's a couple of different ways you could repurpose this. Yeah. And then if, if you do it on your website and publish it that way, go reach out to these places and ask them to link to it, right? Because then mm-hmm. that again is going to help your SEO. And this would be a good project for, let's say, an intern to work on. So Again, if you don't have the time and resources, think this is a cool idea. Think of ways where you can get other people to do it for free or for cheap. Yeah. And really what we're talking about is differentiating yourself. And I think that kind of takes us to that next you know, kind of topic. But you know, how can you make your property, in Chris's cases, how can you make the seven units at your property unique, different, and something that is a stay above something that can get anywhere else? Yeah. So, so one of the things we've seen, and we actually did a show on this was creating themed rooms right creating something unique and novel about your property and and those themed rooms could be simple like a pirate room or a princess room we talked about this in the whole episode a couple episodes ago um the one on unique amenities go check it out but it could be tied into a charity there are a lot of properties that have done the pink room where a percentage of that uh the proceeds for everyone that books that room go to charity right go to cancer research or something like that so you can get a little unique and creative in how you differentiate it from a room perspective. Yeah, and there's, you know, just kind of going off of that idea, trying to differentiate yourself. I think you've talked about this before, Stuart, where you've gone to properties that have a really unique experience and it doesn't have to be something that costs a lot, right? So one that you've mentioned before is you've stayed where they had a campfire and you sat around the campfire and told like scary stories and you made s'mores. So Implementing something like that is very cost effective and it just that's something people remember, right? Or it could be, 
you know, you have somebody that comes out to your pool deck and performs. So we have a lot of hotels in our area that do like a fire and hula show or they'll have um, an Elvis impersonator come out. It doesn't have to be something that's you have to pay somebody to come out. Just like the campfire example, that's really cost effective and that just it provides value. And that's something that your guests are going to talk about. Well, I mean, look at the Peabody down in Orlando. They have a you know, a little fountain inside the resort, the property that a duck was living in. That is in Memphis. What's well, also in, there's one in Orlando. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm so. stand corrected on yes. my correction. Yeah, and they have a duck there too. But they have a guy who walks the duck through the lobby to the fountain and back every day. And it's a thing. And, and people go there, oh, I want to make sure I can see the duck walking. It's, you can see that anywhere, but that property took something and made something big out of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, so the next one is looking at your physical space and see if you have any unutilized areas. So the gentleman that had sent the email in to us, he mentioned that they had like a rooftop terrace that they were looking at potentially changing into something to do breakfast. So I would look at that and say, okay, breakfast is, is a pretty good idea for that because, you know, it, it's, it's a unique experience. That's great. But how can I best utilize that space? So a breakfast nook could also be, Re- reutilized later on in the day as a night spot, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can create a space within your property that that can have multiple functions that are unique and offer some kind of value to the guests. So a rooftop bar, where which is a, a great draw for a lot of properties, it would be an awesome thing to do. But if you can also double that up as your breakfast nook as well, That's double your money right there. I don't know why people, like, I don't know why enjoying tasty adult beverages gets better as you get higher up, but it does. Like, if there's a rooftop bar somewhere, Well, it's less enclosed as well, because drinking in a beer garden is better than drinking inside a pub, right? This is true. But, like, drinking on an airplane, like, you feel super, super cool, right? But, like, drink even rooftop bar, it's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm better than you because I'm drinking 12 feet up in the air. (laughs) So put give stilts to all of your guests. <laughs> yes. And then hand them a beverage. But I agree. It is a good idea to create spaces that could be multi-purpose. So like you said, not just for breakfast, but you can use that for happy hour or at night as well. I yeah. mean, the lobby is honestly a perfect place for that as well. It's not as cool as drinking 12 feet above everybody else. But your lobby is most busy during check-in and check-out. After that, that space a lot of times if you go into a hotel is kind of wasted. You know, use that as a gathering space. You know, if it's for your bar, if it's for, you know, Starbucks or whatever you have in there, get your guest back down to the lobby to start hanging out and doing all those things we talked about with the community from art to whatever it might be. Yeah, there's a big trend right now in, in changing the lobby into that more of a meeting space. Mm-hmm. I just, I went and stayed in uh, Wilmington recently and it, I mean, it was just, it was exactly what you're describing. It was kind of a bar. It was kind of a Starbucks. It was very open. There wasn't really a big desk for checking in. And it, there was a lot of people utilizing that space. Mm-hmm. So to look at every area. And it could be something wacky and out there. It doesn't have to be something like we're talking about the generic stuff. You could have something unique. You could have like a random, like a, a museum to the local whatever the area is famous for. It could be um, a light show or something like that. We're talking to another client right now that every year puts on this Christmas light show at their property and around the property. And it's, it's drawing tens of thousands of people every year. Right. So be creative about the space, but, but try to differentiate yourself by being unique and offering something unique about your space. Yeah. And being a small property, this is where being nimble is a real advantage over all the big guys in your market. You know, you can, you know, really 
at a single decision say, oh, you know what? We are going to have a bar. It's only going to serve local craft beers. Or we are going to have a small little cafe. It only serves organic, you know, farm-free type food. You know, that's going to pull yeah. people in. I mean, the, the, the health and wellness phenomenon right now is, is a huge draw, right? So if you go all in on that and say, I'm farm to table, right? It's all naturally sourced and it's all organic. That is going to appeal to a lot of people, and not only is it going to drive people to your to to book with you, but it's also going to get you press in health and wellness kind of magazines. So you got to do the outreach as well. It's a little bit more work, but you got to go out and tell people what you're doing to make you unique from that perspective. Yep. So other things you can do, which which I've seen before, one is creating like a little selfie spot. You know, mm-hmm. something that not only is fun for the people that are there, but is going to draw more attention to you down the road, right? So if you have something that's got great signage that makes every selfie that people take there has your logo, your branding, your location in it, every time they share that on social media, you're getting free exposure. So it could be a selfie spot. It could be um, a webcam, right? So you say that at 12 12 p.m. every day, at 2 p.m. every day, at 4 p.m. every day, you're gonna take a still shot from your webcam and that's gonna go on your website, that becomes an event, right? That people look forward to and they anticipate and they're gonna get creative and not only are they gonna get excited about it, but now you're getting more content again to reapply to your website. So that that's something I've seen applied a lot and it, it's really, really good. Another easy one to do could be to create a scavenger hunt and require, you know, for people to win whatever little prize you might want to do. Um, posting the pictures on Instagram, this would be super fast and it could be really fun, especially if you're in a fun kind of different area. Um, this could be stuff around your hotel or just kind of immediately surrounding your hotel, but creating a list of things for people to find or take pictures with and then share it on social media super easy to implement and it's fun people enjoy it it gives them something to do and it's more exposure for your property yeah exactly anytime you can leverage your guest to help market you because they're having a great experience and they're telling their friends that they're having a great experience that's the best marketing you can do mm-hmm. that's why companies like flip to are having amazing success right because that they they harness that now that's a paid product but you don't have to go pay for a product like that if you're a small property and you can't afford it because you can just create your own hashtags and just tell them specifically where to post it, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And, and it's a it's a free, ongoing experience that everyone's going to enjoy and it's going to create more marketing buzz for you. And it helps you, obviously, but it also helps your guests. And I think at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to drive guests back to your properties by making the best experience you can. You know, so if you have that scavenger hunt and you say, find, you know, this little landmark take a selfie with it and, you know, share it with us on Instagram. The more, and and if you do that three times, you get a free drink at the bar or whatever it might be. But while you're doing that, you're creating a relationship with your guest in the local community. You're building a relationship with yourself in the local community. And you're turning all those people, just like Flip2 does, you're turning all your guests into your brand advocates to go out there and get their friends to come in. Exactly. Yeah. It's the circle, perfect circle. The perfect circle. Is that the, it's like the Lion pointing. King. Okay. It's circle. I think it's that's the circle, circle of life. life. Yeah. yeah. Circle of trust. Occupancy is the circle of life in the hotel world. There's other circles I was going to say. They're yeah. probably not family friendly. So, all right. So moving on, there's other ways to differentiate yourself. So one we talked about already today, but put an Amazon Echo in every room. You know, it's novel. 
it's cute, but it, it's something that might appeal to some of your guests and may get you some press as well. Uh, another thing that we see a lot of clients doing that a lot don't, a lot of people don't do, especially if you're in a foreign country like Mexico, put multi-language support on your website, right? That differentiates your website and it might make it easier for certain people to book, right? If you're drawing people from multi, multiple countries, it's free to go to Google Translate and get the code and put that on your website. It, go to Google and type in how do I add Google Translate to my website and you will get a step-by-step -step guide of how to do that. If you're in somewhere like Mexico, you've got to do that because mm -hmm. otherwise you're missing out on a certain segment of the population. And I also say, you know, from the multi-language perspective, talk to your booking engine provider. Do they have multi-language support as well? Because mm -hmm. that really can help. They may, they may not. A lot of times it may not be enabled by default, but you know, if your whole website is multilingual, but then when you get to the checkout process, well, I hope you know English at that point, you want to make sure it's, you know, a seamless process all the way through booking. All right, so that, that that's a lot of marketing things, but we have said this many, many times on the show. In the best form of marketing you can do for your property is focusing on the guest experience, right? So this next and last section, we're going to talk about that a little bit, which is what can you do to ensure that your, your guests leave happy, right? So the first thing is, when they arrive, they're probably at their most frazzled state, right? They've probably been traveling for a while. They're probably tired and grumpy. They've probably got, especially if they're traveling with kids, they've probably gotten into some arguments along the way. This is the, the critical moment for the relationship and which direction it's going to go. So you have to make sure that every single guest that walks into your property with a suitcase or a backpack, that they receive an amazing, warm welcome. And it's easy when you're a small property. When you know you don't have any more than six or seven check-ins a day, then you can get creative. You can figure out who those people are and anticipate them and, and, and learn about them ahead of time and make it even more of an experience by making it personalized to them. But you've got to make sure that you have staff that are well-trained to greet people with a warm, friendly smile and a hug and maybe a cup of drink waiting for them, something like that. Yeah, this is one of... I completely agree that this is the most important if you take anything away from this podcast. But one thing that I learned that really helped me in my career in hospitality is just a tiny small thing. Call somebody by their name. So when you have somebody come and check in and you find out their name, address them by their name. It sounds so simple, but that makes 100% difference from this person being head in bed to, okay, I've got Pete DeMeo. Yeah, unless they have a weird name. And you can't pronounce it. Well, then ask well, they, them how to pronounce it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, either Mr. Such and Such if it's an easy last name yeah. or, yeah. you know, hey, Joe, if it's easy first name. But going out of your way to do that, it, it connects the person. If you know their first name, that means they must know you. And it's going to immediately it's a relationship form that relationship. At that point. Yeah. So that, that leads to our second point, which is engage with your guests throughout their stay. Right? Not just a check-in, but when anytime... You, Try to have a conversation with them. Find out who they are. Not just their name, but what makes them tick, where they're from, what brought them to the area. What are their interests? What do they like and dislike? When you're a small property like this, it's very easy to get to know your guests very intimately. And the better you know your guests, not only are they going to have a better experience because you can cater the experience to them, but you're going to know who to target with your marketing, who to go and find because you're already aware of who your current your current um, customer is. You can go find more of them more effectively if you know more about them. And I'll say this about what you just said. We're not talking to 
the owner right now. We're talking to every single person at the property. The person who's straightening the chairs at the pool is arguably more important than the person who owns the property or check the person in. Which it, in the case of a small property might all be the it same person. It may all person, be the same person, you know? but you know, while that person's straightening chairs, mm-hmm. hey, anything I can do to help out, you know, oh, you know, yeah. would you like for me to turn the volume up, turn the volume down, whatever it might be, but go way out of your way and almost incentivize your staff to, you know, every week in your you know, staff meeting, whoever shares the best customer relationship story of what you did that week gets a certain prize, gets a little bonus, whatever it might be, but make your staff really eager to just go crazy either way to make guests feel. Yeah. Empower them. If, if, if you do have multiple staff members, empower them, you know, think about this. The, the housekeeper probably has more interaction with the guests than anyone else in your staff. Right. And how often have you been to a property and the housekeepers barely even acknowledged your existence? Yeah. You're walking down a hole. They're not necessarily cleaning your, your room, but you walk down a, a hall past them and they barely even say hello to you. They certainly don't smile, right? How much better would it be if that person would have stopped what they were doing, look you in the eye and say, hey, Pete, how's your stay? You know, when you're a six or seven unit property, that is not hard to accomplish that. See, we've had properties on the smaller end, boutique end, probably high end as far as price point, but they have implemented this strategy phenomenally and they have gotten to know their guest over time and they have people that come back several times a year that it's not just hey how's your stay it's hey how's your granddaughter I heard she just graduated she's yeah. going off to Clemson because she makes amazing life choices mm. yeah. and, and that person is going is only going to set your oh, property yeah. they're going to be cheating on you if they stay at another property oh, yeah. down the street like that's yeah. a type of relationship especially when you have a, a small boutique property like this that, that's a type of repeat business you want you want yeah. to get to know your guests they're not just a head in bed in this case like they're an extension of your family make yeah. them feel like they're an extension of your family yeah, yeah you want them to feel guilty every time they don't come to your property exactly. even if it's a different market well maybe we should have gone to mexico and stayed there yeah and you can get niche with this right so you can if say you're a family-friendly property and this kids come to stay like have your staff prepared to engage with those kids as well give them stickers or temporary tattoos or have them tell little funny jokes each day you know have them really because if you're a family traveling with kids if the kids have a good time you're going to have a good time as a family right so Focus on engaging the kids as well. It's something as simple as giving away like a little button that says, you know, something funny is going to make that kid's day and therefore the mom and the dad is going to make their day. You can hire me for freelance dad joke consulting. I'm just throwing it out there. (laughs) Kids don't understand dad jokes. What? They're just silly jokes. They don't appreciate dad jokes. jokes. For the other people, other adults. Yeah. Yeah. Dads are the only ones that appreciate dad jokes. But look at what Disney does. If you go down there with the kids, your kid's going to have rolls of stickers coming out of their pockets. And your kid th- will be a giant sticker. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's gold to them. I mean, the last time we were down there, it's like we, ch- we were checking. It was probably around 11, 1130 at night just because we drove straight from Myrtle Beach down to Orlando. And Is this before or after you threw your kid on her face? Oh, well, we're, oh. no, no, no. Disney did that. Okay. Walt, it was Walt Disney's fault. This would be before well, the stickers would have guarded the face. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, we used them to put, cover her chin. Yeah. Uh, no, but everyone was tired. We were tired of spending eight hours on the road. 
But we walked in there, we were greeted very, you know, hey, welcome to Disney, and boom, the stickers were out. So our kids who were tired and were grumpy, and we were like, oh, gosh, this nothing, gonna nothing be stops a kid being grumpy boom. better sticker. than a sticker. Yeah. Well, that's like, st- I th- are beers the equivalent of stickers for adults? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Give me a beer and I'm yeah. happy. Okay, so scratch everything else we said. Give people a beer at check-in. All your problems are solved. And you, you, we say that as a joke. There's a lot if, of properties do that. They have a, a wine property and, yeah. and they oh, said, yeah. "Oh, here, yeah, you probably need a beer." Oh yeah. Yes, I do. Here's my yeah. complimentary beverage. I'll take your yeah. complimentary beverage. Yeah, and it's a local brew, and you can get this in our bar, and it's you know oh, yeah. it, you're going to drive more business that way. Yeah, absolutely. This that comes back to what we talked about earlier was reinvesting in direct bookings. You know, if if they book direct, give them a free beer. If they booked over the OTA, sorry for you, you don't yep. get a free beer. Well, maybe they get one this time or a half glass, and hey, if you book direct next time. You get a whole yeah. glass. We'll hook you up. Yeah. yeah. But the trick is to always surprise and delight the guest. Yeah. I think that that to me, we've talked about, we've, we haven't talked about it recently, but we went through a little phase where surprise and delight was in every single show. And we've talked about a lot of stories, whether that's Joshy the giraffe, whether that's um, the the Gaylord Opry that gave away the, the, um, the alarm clock to a lady that really liked the sound of the alarm clock. But find ways... To do that, Melissa's not here today, but I know if she were, she would be raving about Kempton right now. Um, they've surprised and delighted her a couple of times. At one time, they left a handwritten note on her bed. You know, if you're a six or seven unit property, that's easy to execute, mm-hmm. right? A little handwritten note from the owner just expressing your gratitude for them staying with you and choosing you and maybe giving them a phone number to contact if they have any problems whatsoever. Just extending that is something that's atypical, is going to surprise and delight them. Um, in Melissa's case with Kempton, because she stayed two or three times, they also left a bottle of wine for her because it was around Christmas, and they said, this is our gift to you. Those are the kind of things that don't cost you a lot of money. And if you do it enough, it's going to create such good sentiment and word of mouth. People are going to rave about you and go talk to you about... Melissa has probably told 400 million people about her stay at the Kempton. I mean, I'm estimating, but it's it's probably in the region of 400 million mm-hmm. people. That seems like an arbitrary number, but I can appreciate it. Well, you round up. But yeah, oh, yeah, I was rounding yeah. up from about 12, but it's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, lots of people. So that comes to our last point, which is when they're leaving the property, you've got to make sure you thank them personally, express great gratitude, and that you don't forget to ask them, not only how was their stay, but please would you would you mind, if you have time, leave a mirror review. Because if you have done your job that we've talked about so far and created a great experience for them, asking them to share that experience is gonna be a no-brainer for them. They're gonna want to help you because now they have a relationship with you and they're gonna want to try to encourage you to continue that, but also foster their, the, the two-way relationship. So. Not only can they leave reviews, but maybe they'll send you, you could say, hey, send me photos that you took and we'll put them on our website, right? That has just sealed the deal that they're a lifelong Mm -hmm. customer at that time. They just had a great time, but you're telling them that you're going to now put photos of them on your website because you care about them that much. Wow. You know, that that just, I'm never staying anywhere else if you do that to me. And that, that... You obviously want to thank them when they're leaving the property, but with a seven unit property, you can also send them either a piece of mail or you can send them a personalized email mm-hmm. for when they get home. Thank you so much. 
you know, I know you, I talked about leaving a review. If you don't mind, here's a link to our TripAdvisor page. You know, please post a review for us. Right. There, there's a, um, there's a gentleman that used to be, he was a pioneer in the Myrtle Beach market. His name was SM Johnson, right? And he, he's built a lot of the big properties here back in the day when the hospitality industry was, was first starting out. He literally, he used to get to know his guests and these were two, 300 unit properties. He would get to know all his guests and he would find out their birthday and every single guest, he would send them a handwritten birthday card and he would get all his staff to sign it for every guest that stayed with his property. You know, that could be 15,000 bookings a year, you know, and they were sending out birthday cards. Wow. That, if you're doing that with a two, 300 property unit property, you can do that with a six or seven unit property. It's going to take effort. No question. You can't just sit back and hope that this is going to change. You have to be committed. You have to be authentic and you have to work your socks off. But if you do that and you focus on the guest, then marketing becomes really, really easy because you have a raving band of evangelists out there that are going to do everything they can to shine a light on how great your property is. And here's the thing too, in Chris's case with $150 a month budget, you have to do this. But the big properties, when they once had a $150 budget, they did this stuff, which is what made them grow. You know, this is the stuff that the agency really can't help you with. This is boots on the ground. You have to get this done yourself. You have to be authentic and you got to get your staff buy-in. Once you do that and the property begins to grow, that's when you can start outsourcing stuff. But right now you really need to focus on just blowing your customers' socks off, making them feel special, surprising and delighting them so that you can grow. You know, when I think about as much as I love marketing, I'm a passionate marketer. I love getting creative and working with big budgets and coming up with new ideas. You know, my behavior as a consumer, I'm not going to go out and recommend something to my friends unless it was a fantastic experience. I'm not going to go write a review and put my name on something unless I had a great experience. So I completely 110% agree invest in that experience and the marketing will follow. Yeah. So Chris, hopefully that helped you a little bit. I know we spend a lot of time talking about big budget stuff on this show, but that that hopefully will help some of the smaller properties that listen as well. And if you listening at home, also you have questions to ask us because we really appreciate Chris sending this in. It inspired this whole episode and, and it created a lot of good conversation inside our office as well. So we definitely thank you, Chris, for sending this in. But if anyone else has any questions or any feedback they want to give us, we would love to hear it. And you can do that on Twitter at Fuel Travel, or you can send us an email like Chris did at info at fueltravel.com. We're going to respond to everyone that sends it in um, because we like that personal service and we like to surprise and delight our listeners as well. But um, guys, if they want to reach out to you, where can they find you on the web, Pete? They can find me on Twitter at PDimeo, P-D-I-M. A-I-O. And Misha. You can also find me on Twitter at Marketing Misha. That's at Marketing M-E-I-S-H-A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. You can find us again collectively at Fuel Travel um, or FuelTravel.com is our website. And Chris, personal favor, buddy. We just did you a solid and, and did a whole episode on your question. So just go over to iTunes and leave us a positive review, and we would really appreciate that. And anyone else listening, if you want to do the same, we would really, really appreciate it. And or send me Shawine. I got off the bandwagon for a little bit. We're bringing it back. Oh, man. 
once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, I guess. No, I enjoy my beverages responsibly. Okay, good. Well, it says the guy that's just pounded two beers during this. Um, this yeah, I only had one. Episode. Take that. All right. Until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Songs about Sour Sally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>